wonderful. Now, here's what email said. The fast, the dry fast, <clears throat> the corporate dry fast begins at midnight tonight. Starts at midnight tonight, and it ends at midnight Tuesday night. So that's 24 hours, really equivalent to um, to whatever whatever the Holy Ghost is going to do during this time. So that's like, well, just tw- a complete 24-hour chronological time fast. Fast start. <clears throat> Can somebody post this for me? And the fast goes right in in concordance to uh, what Pastor Michael was talking about yesterday about God revealing more of himself. So this fast starts at midnight tonight. It ends at midnight on Tuesday night. There will be no deadline tomorrow morning. The reason being, I'm not asking you to do this. God will tell you what he wants you to do, but I am going to do a complete 24-hour shut-in. I haven't done a shut-in in um, a while, but when Pastor Michael was talking about those people that shut, those people that came together on Rocky in Rocky Face, Georgia, that was the healing home. And that was one time when I had people come to the healing home and we prayed and 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 they came. So this is a continuation of that, I suppose. But at any rate, this particular <clears throat> fast, the Lord is not pleased with the fact that many of his people have completely ignored one of the main purposes of, of, of the, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. So this fast, I'm getting ready to share this with you now. This fast is a fast of affliction. This fast is based on Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost, <coughs> excuse me, is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea <coughs> and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. God says the Joel this fast, when he, when he gave it to me, he says, and, and substantiated the whole thing with his word, Joel 1 and 14 
sanctified year fast. Call of solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into, listen, into the house of the Lord your God and cry unto the Lord. Blow ye the trumpet. You know what happened here? Look, look, look. Let's see. I printed this out just now. I just grabbed it. I got to make sure all the pages are in order because I, I typed the whole thing up. But then I walked away to turn on the headline. I got to make sure the pages are in order. Sanctify year fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry unto the Lord. And that's when he was saying he want to drive fast but he want to shut in. Now, a shut in is when you shut down everything of the world. You pick your room or a spot in your house or whatever. I know some preachers go to hotels, but they go somewhere, just them and God, for 24 hours. Now, I know some of you can't do it, and I know that God knows that, too. Maybe you can't do the shut-in, but you can do the fast. Or maybe you can do the do the, fast, the, shut, the fast and not the shut-in. But for me, as the steward and leader over this ministry, I'm going to do them both because that's what he told me to do. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sanctify a... 24-hour drive fast and a shut-in. Meaning, do not call me unless it is life and death because I'm not going to take your call because I'm going to sanctify 24 hours unto the Lord completely. He said, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast Call a solemn assembly. That would be uh, in Joel. And then Isaiah 58 and 3. Wherefore have we fasted, say they? see is not. Wherefore have we afflicted our souls? And thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labor. That would account for the shutting. Isaiah 58 and 5. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush? and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Isaiah 58 and 10. And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, 
Then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness as the noonday. The Lord kept repeating a couple of scriptures. One of them was, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That would be Acts 1 and 8. Then the Lord led me to Job 36 and 22. Behold God, exalted by his power, who teaches like him. And then the word power just kept resonating. Psalm 62:11. God has spoken once, twice. Have I heard this? That power belongeth unto God. Jeremiah 32:17. Our Lord God, behold. Thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Then the Lord said, I need you to read something. Is that okay? Now this wasn't verbal words. This is God speaking to my heart. Then read Exodus 10 and tell me what you see. So I read Exodus 10. <clears throat> First, the Lord highlighted, like when he highlights something from the Bible, you know, light will shine on it, or the words are lift up off the page. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him. And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's son what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs, which I have done among them, that ye may know how that I am the Lord. And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, God of the Hebrews, how long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else, if thou refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow will I bring the locusts into thy coast, and they shall cover the face of the earth, that one cannot be able to see the earth, and they shall eat the residue of that which is escaped, which remaineth unto you from the hail and shall eat every tree which goeth for you out of the field. And they shall fill the houses and the houses of all thy servants and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither thy fathers nor thy fathers' fathers have seen. 
since the day that they were upon the earth unto this day. And he turned himself and went out from Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's servants said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not yet that Egypt is destroyed? And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh. And he said unto them, Go, serve the Lord your God. But who are they that they shall go? And Moses said, We will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and with our herds will we go. For we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, Let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go, and your little ones look to it. For evil is before you. Not so. Go now ye that are men and serve the Lord, for that ye did desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come up upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, even all that the hail hath left. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. And the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested in all the coasts of Egypt. Very grievous were they. Before them there were no such locusts as they. Neither after them shall be such. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened. And they did eat every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. And there remained not any green thing in the trees or in the herbs of the field through all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste. And he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, forgive, I pray thee, my sin only this once, and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. And he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a strong west wind which took away the locusts and cast them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the coasts of Egypt. Verse 20, it says, But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. 
so that he would not let the children of Israel go. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another. Neither rose any from his place for three days. But, verse 23, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Hallelujah. And Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go ye serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be saved. Let your little ones also go with you. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle <clears throat> also shall go with us. There shall not be a hook left behind. For thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come together. Verse 27, But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Verse 28, and Pharaoh said unto him, Get thee from me. Take heed to thyself. See my face no more. For in that day thou seest my face, thou shalt die. And Moses said, Thou hast spoken well. I will see thy face again no more. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says in Psalms 145:11, They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of, the, of thy power. I want to share something with you this morning. Post this in the chat room about three or four people. The nature of God is power. The nature of God is power. Can you post that? The nature of God is power. God is power. And power is God. There is no way. You can talk about God without mentioning power because power is what forms the core of God's being. You see, the Bible prophetically declares in, in Psalm 145.11 that they shall speak 
of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. Whenever there is a mention of God's kingdom, there is also a mention of God's power. This means God and his power are synonymous. To substantiate this revealing, the Bible declares in Psalm 62 and 1 that God has said and twice he has spoken that power belongs to God. That means that God takes power so seriously. That means that God takes power to such a degree that God assumes total ownership and total possession of this divine phenomena described as power. In essence, when God talks, God talks power. When God thinks, God thinks power. When God moves, God moves with power. Anything that God does revolves around the phenomena of power. Power is what flows out of God, like the gushing down of mighty water. And power is what is what oozes out of God. The Bible says that power oozes out of God out of God's being like a flood of many rivers. Brothers and sisters, there's a greater truth concerning God. And that truth is that whenever there is a mention of God appearing, or whenever there is a mention of God manifesting in the Bible, the first thing that people experience in a revealing of God or a manifesting of God is God's own supernatural power. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 13, that power comes from God's throne. Manifested by the outbreak of consuming fire, earthquakes, tempests, as well as thunder and lightning. Now, this is for all of you church folk out there and for all of you religious brethren. That means that for God to manifest or reveal himself on behalf of humanity, that there is a visible 
and a tangible manifestation of his power. That means whenever somebody says that God was there, God showed up, God is in the midst, there should always be a manifestation or the accompanying of God's presence with his supernatural power. You see, God instructed Moses one time to consecrate the people so that they are ready, you hear me, so that they are ready to meet him he said, by the third day, and on the morning of the third day, the Bible says there was thunder, there was lightning, and a thick cloud enveloped the mountain. The Bible says there was a very loud, thunderous trumpet blast, such that all the people who were in the camp then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they stood there at the foot of the mountain. The Bible says, and Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord God descended upon it in fire. And the smoke of it went up like the smoke of a, a furnace, a kiln. And the whole mountain quaked greatly. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says, and as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. We just read that in Genesis, uh, or you can read it if you read Exodus 10 through the 19th chapter. In other words, whenever, get this, please, stop being tricked and stop being deceived. In other words, whenever the supernatural or the heavenly realm of God transmutes itself into the natural realm, there are always symptoms. There are always proofs. They're called signs and miracles and wonders that validate God's manifestation. You see, Signs and miracles are just highlights. Glory be to God. They're just highlights of God's power. Because everything which God does and everything that God moves from the supernatural realm or the heavenly realm into the natural realm comes 
from God in the form of power. Now, this is where I'm going. There's no way. There's no way that a person can talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, God's own Holy Spirit. There's no way without the mention of power. Because God's own Holy Spirit and power are synonymous. And they occur simultaneously or concurrently in the Bible. In other words, Whenever there's a mention of the Holy Ghost in the Word of God, there is also a mention of power. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power at Chapter 10, verse 38. This implies that the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit are, this implies that the Holy Ghost and God's own Holy Spirit, this implies, brothers and sisters, that the power of God manifested through God on the Holy Spirit are inseparable and complementary in nature. So therefore, whenever the Holy Ghost manifests, then the power of God is present. And whenever the power of God manifests, then the Holy Ghost is also present. Whenever the power of God manifests, the Holy Ghost is the mastermind behind the manifestation or the move of God. Whenever the Holy Ghost manifests in the Bible to accomplish something of God, there's usually accompanying signs of people. People are either prophesying, speaking in another language, falling under the power of the manifestation of God. You see, prophecy and tongues are a sign of the release of God's power. Did you hear me? I said, prophecy and tongue are a sign of the relief of God's power. People falling under the power is a sign of the relief of God's power into the spirit soul, and body of that individual. 
to demonstrate to us the seriousness of this divine, hallelujah, phenomenon of power, Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts 1 and 8. In other words, where the Holy Ghost is, there is power. And where power, talking about the power of God, where the power of God is, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit <coughs> is moving, stirring, shaking, and impacting lives through the supernatural manifestation of the power of God. The Bible says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Listen to me this morning. In other words, where the Holy Ghost is, there is power. Where the Holy Ghost power is, the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, moving, stirring, shaking, impacting lives through the supernatural power that God possesses. Now this also means Please get this. Where there is no Holy Ghost, there is no power. And by the same token, where power is absent, the Holy Ghost is absent also. Brothers and sisters, hear me this morning. Where there is no Holy Ghost, there is no power. Where power is absent, God's own spirit is also absent. It is further recorded in the word of God that the apostles moved in the power of the Holy Ghost. This implies that the Holy Ghost owns total ownership or total possession, brothers and sisters, of God's power. Hence, any power, praise God, demonstrated in the absence of God's own Holy Spirit is not genuine, but fake power. Are you hearing me this morning? As a matter of fact, whenever there is power, it doesn't necessarily mean 
that God is there. But where there is no power, it's a definite sign or evidence that God is not there. Figuratively speaking, there is no way. There's no way you can jump into the river of God. There's no way you can jump into the fire of God and not get burnt and not have to swim. And by the same token, there's no way you can worship God, glory be to God, and not catch the fire because God is a consuming fire. And his fire is contagious. Therefore, when you come closer to him, you are submerged, hallelujah, into the depth of his explosive fire. You are purged into the depth of the river. Brothers and sisters, read all about Elijah. Read all about Elijah's thrilling encounter with the raw and undiluted power of God. Read all about it. Who has bewitched you to cause you to believe these lies? To cause you to believe that the music works out is God. God's presence, his power is manifest in the person of his own Holy Spirit. Read about it. When Elijah went to Mount Hor, behold, it said, the Lord passed back. And a great strong wind tore the mountain and broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Bible says the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. 1 Kings 19.11. Brothers and sisters, the divine truth. This was indeed a spectacular display of supernatural power in front of one man. And if God could showcases power in that gravity and intensity of manifestation in front of one man in the Old Testament. For sure. Think about this. How much more does he desire to display the depth of his supernatural power. 
in front of the multitudes that desperately need the supernatural power, that desperately need an intervention in this present time. God loves to showcase his power. God loves to exhibit his glory. God loves to display his virtues. Brothers and sisters, this is what God does. This is who he is. Brothers and sisters, after all the displays, God at that time chose to speak in a still small voice. You know why? Because his manifestation had already done the talking for him. Fast. It's to afflict your souls so that God can fill some people for the first time. It is so without God's power speaking for him. Too many people are going to remain unbelievers without a move of God's power in demonstration. without a revealing of the fact that everything that leaves the hand of God comes through his power. God has tremendous power flowing all the time. And unless we are the manifestation of him. In us. Upon us. Energizing. Building. Strengthening. Us. And accept it is working in you. You can't bring it out. You can't bring out what you don't have. So what does that mean? It means that in order for that revealing, for that power to work on behalf of humanity, it's got to be stirred up It's got to be activated. It has got to be manifested out of you. The 
Bible says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to his mighty power, which he was in Christ. This implies, brothers and sisters, that the measure of God's ability to work in your life is according to the power that flows from his own Holy Spirit to your spirit. Ephesians 3 proclaims that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works through us. The abundance of God's provision increase or riches come through his power. This path is to afflict your soul to make God bigger than you so that his power can come through out of you to others. You must decrease so that he might increase. Brothers and sisters, it all works through the inner man. And I came to tell you this morning, God's desire in order to bring about this revealing is that you must decrease. You must be filled with the power of his own Holy Spirit. Afflict your soul for 24 hours. God wants to pour out upon you more of himself. I will see you Wednesday at 6 a.m. The 24-hour drive fast starts at midnight tonight. It's up to you. I came to tell you what Jesus said and for what will be taking place in Jesus Believers Headline Ministry. It is your choice.
and sisters on the blog talk, you couldn't hear what I was writing on the speaker. But I wrote, you shall receive power. Have you received the Holy Ghost yet? Have you been baptized? Do you have the Holy Ghost? 24-hour drive past, nothing by mouth. 24 hours shut in, just you and God. Come out for the bathroom. Um, if you don't have a bathroom where you are, surely you can give God one day out of 365. Starts at midnight tonight. This is a corporate fast. Understand this. This has nothing to do with your individual fast. This is a fast called by God in order to enable you to receive more of him. And when you receive more of him, you receive more of all that he is, including his power. I'll see you on Wednesday on the chat line.